In the year 2020, cloud adoption accelerated within enterprises as they were forced to find ways to innovate and respond to the challenges associated with COVID-19. The pandemic seemingly validated the value proposition offered up by the cloud, with adoption allowing organizations to enhance their support for remote working setups, optimize IT costs, and ensure that their operational infrastructure is more resilient than ever. In this episode of Cocktails, we talk to an industry cloud social influencer on cloud matters, the barriers organizations face with cloud adoption, the impact of emerging technologies such as 5G and edge computing on the cloud, and the increasing security challenges, risks, and opportunities involved in cloud adoption. Welcome to Coding Over Cocktails, a podcast by Toro Cloud. Here we talk about digital transformation, application integration, low-code application development, data management, and business process automation. Catch some expert insights as we sit down with industry leaders who share tips on how enterprises can take on the challenge of digital transformation. Take a seat, join us for a round. Here are your hosts, Kevin Montalbo and Toro Cloud CEO and founder, David Brown. Our guest for today is an industry cloud social influencer and is widely published on matters of cloud and sales leadership. He has over 30 years of experience in the IT sector with nine of these specializing in security, 12 in cloud, and over 23 years of channel experience. Throughout these years, he was recognized several times, named number one on the top 100 cloud influencers list, 2015 to 2017, and in 2016, number 18 on the top 100 IoT influencers list. And most recently, he was also recognized by Top Sales World as one of the top 10, 50, top, I mean, top 50 keynote speakers for 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest for today joining us over for cocktails is Mr. Ian Moyes. Ian, how are you? Evan, thank you for that. Thanks for promoting me to top 10 rather than top 50. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're almost demoted there, Ian. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right in. Uh, you previously mentioned that there are three barriers to cloud adoption, and these are culture, tech religion, and politics. So can you briefly explain what these barriers are, and has the landscape changed since you cited these issues? Yeah, so it's no, it's no complex, but I've been selling cloud now, engaging with prospective customers and businesses of all different sizes over the last 15 years focused in cloud. And I've also had the pleasure through a lot of the associations and non-exec positions I've had just to have engagement with people in in those decision-making positions. So I get to hear the realities going on rather than the industry hype or the analyst theory. And what what I witnessed is that that the barrier for, for digital transformation or disruption, all these wondrous words we hear, it's pretty fundamental. It's not the technology and it's not the commercials, right? So technology is now affordable to all sizes of business. We're not living in, 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 I call the old days. You dated me by the number of years I've been in technology <laughs> where there would be a technology vendor solution that had wondrous function, but to deploy it, you had to put this hardware in this database, this infrastructure, Therefore, the starting entry commercial level was prohibitive for all businesses, but enterprise. So you had enterprise products, and then you had lots of products which addressed the small to medium business market. 
Um, and the small and medium business could have taken benefit of that enterprise brand, but the commercials to get going for 10 users where I'm, I have not, I'm, I can't justify this. I haven't got 3,000 users I'm deploying. 10 users, the infrastructure was as much as it was for 3,000. So therefore, with cloud, that all went away, right? We flattened the industry that you can digest an, a wondrous cloud um, solution and say, I only want 10 users of it. So I'll pay for that much space. You know, the multi-tenancy model en enabled that ability. So it's not the the ability of availability of the wondrous tech. It's not the commercials typically that, that is the barrier to the average company, I call, I would say, um, adopting cloud solutions. And and I, I'm always the, the one that, that addresses that elephant in the room on the panels, et cetera, where often vendors will talk about a solution and market and et cetera. And, recognizing that the majority of the market is the smaller company in every in, in every geographic region right there's a, there's a big um sway towards the long tail where the average customer isn't a 5000 user corporation you know that's the one that a lot of technology vendors aspire to but the average business is a smaller business and it varies on region right in the UK most businesses are sub 200 employees in the US I know it's about sub 400 I believe but that's where the mass market is and the preventative measure for those companies is is the human it's the barrier of change um, and the willingness to go through that pain and that's where I talked about culture tech religion and politics it, it's that it's that feeling piece and when I've talked to, talk to businesses often and said, well, you know, this is what cloud, this is what this particular cloud solution could do and et cetera, et cetera. The barrier has often been the emotives. There have been people in the bit, well, here's why we can't do it. And yeah, but here's the problem. Yeah, but we've got this legacy. There's the ball and chain we've got around our ankle that stops us doing it and taking benefit. Um, and my mantra to, to those type of, of discussions has always been, right, let's step back and try and get step back from this. If I gave you a whiteboard, a flip chart, and said, as a team, you're all going to leave this business and set up or join a competitor tomorrow. What would you do if you were building this business today with what you know? You know, I respect the fact that you may have been in business 15, 20 years and you've got systems and processes in place that you've developed during that period. And to just change tomorrow may have pain emotively there will be people who don't like change well yeah but we've always done it this way um yeah but we'll have to unpick this sit we're gonna to have to do all this extra work where well, this is working but so we're gonna to have to go backwards before we can go forwards all those arguments so what i've challenged them to do is say like, you're joining a competitor you're all going to leave here and, and set up a competitor tomorrow what would you do and you would not use the processes and systems that you have today in the majority you wouldn't. If you were born in the cloud, which is the companies that are born today and have the option to choose whatever they wish from today's available technology stack, you're not going to choose what you chose before. And it doesn't mean your decisions that have gone prior are incorrect, right? You made those decisions at the time for the right reasons at the time you were at and what was available. So if you chose a product from 15 years ago and you've been on the same CRM platform or ERP platform or HR, whatever it is, for the, for the last 15 years, and you know it inside out, you know exactly what to change, you're nervous about using a diff something different that, you, you, oh, I don't know how to do that, right? It's like going from, I guess, Windows to an Apple. Habit says, I know what I'm doing here. It doesn't mean it's better. 
but I'm just familiarity, you know, breeds loyalty. Um, I, I get it, but that's that that barrier you've got to remove. So the mindset I get them into is design it now. What would you do? And you wouldn't choose those old systems because you now have a different choice. It's the unpicking of the old. It's the emotive tie to what you've done before that that draws you into it. And you asked a really pertinent question: What's changed? And COVID has changed a lot of mindsets. You know, if you think about the speed of change we saw in a lot of um, businesses, and and here's the and here's why. Here's why. When you talk to a business today and say, well, look, here's all the wondrous things you could do, mindsets go to gain. What would I gain? What, what have I got to go through to gain what? And that gain isn't guaranteed. Very few guarantees in this world. So, you know, do you, people talk ROI and the TCO and all the rest of it, but that's, that's a potential. You're going to be able to do this more efficiently. Yeah, it's great when I get there, but in getting there in the journey – People don't think about that. What I what I see them doing is thinking about, well, yeah, but what's it going to take me to get that benefit? What about pain have I got to go through an effort first to even start feeling that I might get that benefit? And what guarantees it? I can see potential benefit, but there's still the doubt in the mind of, am I really, am I really going to gain that? Um, and th and there's that weight weight thing going on. What just happened changed the mindset to removing pain. Right. Well, it's not about potential gain. It's about I'm in a distressed mode now. I have pain right now. Think about what we're doing now on this video cam. Um, everyone that watches or listens to this might have been alien to that before. They might have been on a Zoom meeting or a go to meeting or one of these things at some point. But they weren't as familiar as they are now. Look at how used to being on camera we all are. Look at the sales of webcams that went up. Look at the adoption of Zoom and um, Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams and Slack during that, you know, over COVID, incredibly quickly, people went and just said, I uh, chose them one of those products and deployed it across their entire business and had people up and running. That was a pain reaction. That wasn't a, we're going to evaluate and look at this slowly. People have moved quickly to, to address pain. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the old if, if you're unhealthy, you feel a bit of a oh, it's a bit achy. I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll call the doctor next week. I never a month later. Yeah. Have you called him yet? No. If you're there bleeding, you call that ambulance because yeah. the pain outweighs everything else. You just deal with it Ian, and it takes total priority. That's what's changed. I think. The COVID has clearly accelerated um, in uh, organizations uh, adoption of uh digital transformation that they were forced to. Uh, but what do you think comes next for the enterprise? Are we in a period of consolidation as companies digest the change that, that occurred in 2020? Or, or has it actually invigorated them to, you know, accelerate their change and, and making them more willing to change? I think firstly it's changed the mindset, but I, I think what we've seen in this period is phases. I don't think everyone jumped to it originally. Well, I, think about what I just described. That was a tactical reaction. That wasn't a strategic decision, right? Of, of where, if you think about how a business normally adopts a piece of technology, um, there is recognition that there's a need. There's then a, a understanding of how much that need is and what we're willing to pay. What's the benefit we might get on it? Um, what's, the, what's the pain it fixes and the gain we might get? 
what change involved all those there's a whole process that business goes through um and then they'll go to market and they'll perhaps look at what's available they might go well actually let's use that as the example well look there's lots of products as go to meeting there's lots of different ways of these comms and bringing people together and they all have different pros and cons uh video or not video and um, and they'll then you'll draw a needs list up from looking at those vendors they'll then say well actually we've just seen this they do that's interesting we haven't thought about that let's add that onto our needs list there's our requirements they'll put that out to and i've seen this and you you i'm sure have seen this where you'll you'll get bought into a beauty parade and there might be five there might be i've seen it where there's 25 or 30 vendors that are being looked at while they kick the tires to find out what's out there and they might shorten it down is there really a project but you know that and that prolongs and it can go through and there can often be a six nine month project until which goes through a we might have a need let, let, let's do a little bit of reconnaissance let's get someone junior in our team let's get our graduate who's just joined to run this and do some information and learn from it and then it turns into there's a real need and we've now only got 10 vendors to and we know the needs a bit better and what's possible and da, 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 da. and then they might spend some money right what we just saw is virtually overnight let's just adopt things so it, it and interestingly didn't it show companies how fast you can move how fast you can make a decision and get going with something and didn't it drive a different behavior in business you didn't they didn't go through that process we haven't seen that right so it was a tactical reaction but it was a lesson learned but that tactical reaction was as i said to address pain it hasn't led to companies suddenly going right digital transformation is easy let's just go bang 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 and they've changed nine systems in in the last six months i think what happened was new pains uh, evolved video conference chatting obviously was an immediate one with internal communications and that um, immediately got addressed that was a tactical fix but there's lots of other things that businesses have been, uh, i think deferred I think what went through the decision process of a lot was we're not going to be in this for another year. Who, who thought we'd be here talking now, right, in the situation we're in, in the position we're in of lockdown and the phases that we're going through? I think there was a general belief and the, and the general press and everything talked about it of we're going to go through a bit of a lockdown. Oh, we're coming out. It's easing off now. Businesses address what they needed to do in a panic. And then started to ease off and go, well, OK, we'll have a look at stuff. But now we've got time. We bought ourselves time. And I think now what they're realizing, a lot of them is actually we thought we bought ourselves time because we were going to come out of this curve and be on recovery from from COVID. And customers would be able to come back in, in the way they did before. And the engagement model, but it hasn't. Right. It, it's continued in that disrupted model that is out of control. So I think we do because the com companies didn't just suddenly have a strategic plan and go, right, we fixed the tactical stuff. Now let's start fixing all the other stuff behind it and get going. I think there was a lull where actually we'll put we'll, we'll put the brakes on a little bit mm. and we fixed it now. Right. And now there's a realization of how long could this go on for? You know, we're still on the news of is this going to be another year? Are we going to when are we going to be fully out of this type of phase? And people are now realizing is we don't know mm. and no one trusts the answers and no one knows the answers. So the mindset has changed. That's the important thing. The mindset has become a change positive mindset rather than a 
find a reason not to change. Speaking of that kind of mindset, uh, do you think that organizations are actually thinking of how they can avoid the hype of digital transformation of cloud, of big data, or whatever the next big thing is, and focus instead on the successful outcomes for their customers, business partners, and other stakeholders, or just basically about survival? Yeah, I think I would argue we should have got away from the hype, uh, the technology hype. You know, Gartner talks about that, that, that parabolic curve of adoption. We should have got away from this before mm-hmm. because the the bleeding edge adopters, I don't know about you, but I've been there, right? I've been the bleeding edge technology adopter where I've bought some gadget that's come out and it's not taken off, you know, uh, who, Betamax originally, you know, oh, oh, <laughs> you pick your bets, but it th- there's a balance between bleeding edge and not being willing to change uh, and take benefit of new technology. And I think that that the the ch- the time between bleeding edge and it's acceptable is, is shortened over the years because technology innovation has accelerated. Mm-hmm. You know. There's stuff coming out each year. Look look at the speed we went from 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, and the adoption curve, curve of those. Um, so I think to answer your question around the, the, the hype piece and what's changed, mm-hmm. the, the hype around cloud originally, and I lived through, through, through this and watched it happening in the market, was um, you can do this rapidly and you can save money. And that's a misnomer, right? It isn't about saving money. It might be, you know, it might be about changing your your financial model from capex to opex, um, and you can certainly reduce the initial investment to get up and running on a platform. But cloud isn't necessarily cheaper, mm-hmm. and many adopters of the you know the the, the magic three, you know, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, and Google cloud um, compute have realised that. But it's not just about the, the cost of it. It's about the transformation it gives you to your operating model and the ability to be flexible. And the cloud isn't the be all and one all answer to everything either. I think that's the other thing to recognize. This isn't about get everything in the cloud for the sake of ticking that box. If you look at the world that we're now in, we are now in a, a hybrid and multi-cloud environment. That is That is what is becoming the norm not rush everything into the public cloud because that's perceivably the cheapest operating cost therefore put everything there if that's the reason you're doing it i would suggest step back and think carefully because that is not where you get the most benefit on just trying to reduce cost that is, that is a different um react that's a reactive solution that says you're in distress and you're just trying to lower your costs yeah you know I think what COVID has done in the COVID world is open people's eyes up to what's out there, but still do your diligence. You might have to move quicker, but for example, there's discussions going on. A lot of discussions were around AI and chatbots. And can we, can we quickly adopt these because they're out there? Can that quickly help us change our operating model and pivot into we can engage with customers because our contact and call center is now not operational to the level it was, can we switch people to those automated bots, et cetera? And yes, the technology exists. Yes, it, it's quick to deploy with cloud, but a lot of people that I've had conversations with have perceived this Amazon model. You know, I, I always set Amazon as the bar at the top of 
boy, have they, they found a way to engage with customers on a global scale using technology. Mm-hmm. But are you Amazon? Are you the average customer, Amazon? Do you have the expertise that they have and do you have the pockets they have? How to do what Amazon did, you know, we can go on a chat, we can be helped, and initially that chat bot, I'm pretty confident, is automated, but it looks like it's a human, and then they divert you to a human where necessary. It works, and it's 24-7, and boy, every time I've ever engaged with Amazon for a return, something's not ha- worked properly, and you know, boy, does the service work. I've never had needed to phone someone because they it works. To achieve what they've done as the average size company isn't easy. Don't over or over underestimate what they've done and the cost. And, and, and you know, they, they've got massively deep pockets and they're a tech rich company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their business. So I think there's there's an over assumptive uh, of how easy some of this stuff is to do. Yeah. And there's a danger of being disappointed of just buying into it, throwing some money at technology and thinking it's going to fix all your processes and the way the way that you need to do business. How about uh, how about 5G? Uh, you, uh, you, you talked about 5G earlier. You talked about bleeding edge. So it's undeniably we, we can all see it. It's an undeniably uh, critical generational leap for communications. Right. So what do you think will this 5G uh Five, what do you think will 5G's impact be on cloud computing, especially on areas such as edge computing? Yeah, and 5G has been incredibly um, hyped, right? And and uh, But yet a lot of people today are saying, I'm not seeing it. They haven't got their device that supports it. Um, you know, the, whilst there's devices out there, there's quite a few hundred now. How many people have refreshed their device during COVID? You know, a lot, their personal device, uh, let alone the business devices. Has that been their priority? But 5G isn't just about a speed upgrade. Speed is one of the contributory factors. And I think that's the one everyone's focused on because it's the easy one with the comparison. But the adoption of 5G is is going to accelerate, not just because of that. We're already seeing it, right? 4G took about three years to get to 100 million users. 5G has surpassed 200 million in the first two years. So it's 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 accelerating quickly and a lot of that isn't just the, the home user going oh i want faster it's application led you know and, and the application led is going to be because of dual point the speed but also the reliability of that platform and the availability we've all had it where we've lost 4g right and we've dropped to 3g and we've seen applications that don't quite work suddenly <laughs> we, we, we realize their reliance on having a, a high-speed internet connection when we don't have it. We take it for granted. What 5G enables you to do is to distribute that that capability, that communications platform and network into places faster and easier than we could with previous uh, mobile technologies. And we're going to see, a div- I think we're going to see, to answer your question, the back of cloud, a development of new uses of cloud that have been um periphery at this point so think about for example vr you know virtual reality and augmented reality for 4g i would argue video was the killer app we suddenly could watch the video and go actually this is doable affordable and usable what we're now going to see and we're starting to see applications there is is remote um remote controlling things. So let me give an example. One one I saw was a vertical industry was the mining industry. 
Hawaii showed a great example, which which just brought this to home was think about um, you know the, the complex mining industry where you'd have hundreds and hundreds of people underground for an incredible amount of time drilling and doing all that complex stuff. And then they show a wondrous site of right now, live today, where using 5G, it's there's no one down there. All of those expert drillers are now in one big control room with big screens with all the, the metrics and doing it all remotely because 5G has enabled that communications to, to be you know previously they had to run cables really difficult to do in in remote isolated environments you need reliable comms in that type of environment with speed so i think 5g is going to change a lot of business applications and create new applications and guess where they're going to be based off the back of cloud you're not going to see our because if you're if you're using remote control remote high bandwidth you know um, if you think in the medical environment, what, what we're already seeing, augmented and virtuality of operations and people look, you know, that and, and that's become even more critical in the environment we're now in. Correct, correct. Does a, do you want to put a surgeon uh, having to, in an environment where they have to travel and they have to see lots of people and now you put the surgeon at risk who's a high value asset? How, you know, if you've got an expert surgeon who's one of the can only do certain things there's only 50 of them in the world the last thing you want is to take 10 of them out with covid and put them on planes all over the world mm -hmm. this technology is going to enable us to do things in a different manner and and so i think for 5g the adoption what it's going to do is enable innovation of new cloud platforms and applications that previously could have been envisaged but the network capability wouldn't have supported right so as you uh, as you say that these uh, cloud platforms are all going to be like dispersed and they're all going to be commonplace. They're going to be ubiquitous. So uh, the obvious question next is the risk that this kind of um, platform or this kind of structure can pose uh, over edge computing, SaaS, public cloud, private and on-premise, and stuff like that. So how are how do you see organizations responding to this to the to the risks involved? So, yeah, so having been in cloud for the last 15 or so years, um, all through that, that the issue has not been, as I said earlier, the barrier has not been technology or innovation or commercials. You know, people moan about the commercial, everyone's a good deal, but that's not been the overall barrier. The biggest consistent area of concern and questioning that I have experienced throughout that period in, in a number of different um, cloud technologies is that of the security and compliance of data, mm. right? It's my data, it's my, it, and particularly now we've seen that hardened with the likes of GDPR and, and, the, and hardening of data laws around the globe and all of the reports of data leakage. You've got the customer, whether it be business or consumer, more aware and concerned about what are you doing with my data? Therefore, you've got the business more concerned about, well, how's my data gonna be treated and handled in a cloud operating platform based on my customers are concerned so i need to do my extreme diligence etc mm -hmm. and that hasn't changed right and, and that shouldn't change as we move forward that is a good practice to do and i've always said all cloud platforms are not born equal just because they look like function they can do the same thing that doesn't mean they're all as secure 
how they architected and where are they hosted, right? I've written this application that looks great and shiny to you. Look at the demo, it's great, mm -hmm. but it's hosted on some boxes that anyone can walk in to get to and it's not secure, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and another one over here, similarly, but they've got a totally different architecture and here's all the security levels and et cetera, and where it's hosted. So there are questions to ask that you don't physically see when you when you look at some of this stuff. You know, under under the surface stuff, it's important. Um, but I think what what you've got to do is look at the availability now of the different types of cloud. You've, uh, as we discussed, you haven't just got SaaS, right? SaaS is the easy easiest one to digest because you get an application, all the 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 hosting layer the operating layer and the application. It's all done for you and you just yep. put your data in and off you go. Mm -hmm. So it's the easiest one to digest, but you're not forced to go down that route, right? You've got IaaS, you've got PaaS, you've got hybrid, you've got multi-cloud, private cloud, public, etc. You've got all of this mix. So it is complex, but you have a freedom of choice to choose how your data is operated. What I think we may start to see is and I think we're on the edge of seeing is a different data model. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting? Let me pose something, a theory. Wouldn't it be interesting if you were able to choose a SaaS application in the future, but determine where your data store was? Right. Think about where we're using 5G and using the bandwidth. You know, we've we've got um, new Wi-Fi standards coming. All this, everything's getting faster. Wouldn't it be interesting if the speed of these systems allowed you to put your data here. You're happy where your data is, and, and now you can choose the application and point it at a different data source with a different security model. Now, that, I think, is the panacea we, we may end up with. What we're seeing as an interim, I think, is, is a number of a change, a maturing of the cloud industry. Previously, we saw you choose something, and pretty much that's where you are, and you're tied into it. Mm -hmm. let, let me give you a couple of examples. Think about IBM Red Hat. Why did IBM buy that massive acquisition? Well, if you look at OpenShift, I'm going to do a product pitch, I'm going to give you two or three examples. OpenShift, that enables you to, to develop applications that are ex, have an extraction layer away from tying you into AWS, Google, and those platforms. Right? So you can change. Therefore, You've got an abstraction layer, um, both for your data and your application. You then think about data storage. That's changed. You've got the likes of Commvault with Metallic who've done the same. They're saying, look, you're going to have a hy hybrid multi-cloud environment. We'll now give you a backup model, a storage model that supports that infrastructure, that mix you're going to have. And then we're seeing things like you know, HPE have got one sphere which enables you to have a multi-pane management layer across that thing. So what we're seeing, I think, is because businesses have ended up going hybrid and multi-cloud based on the need of the application, the business and the security model, to your point, mm -hmm. these other areas of, of, uh, are developing. We're seeing storage, we're seeing security, we're seeing management products, which enable you to say, well, actually, because of that model, Here's a way of managing and storing and, and, and operating with them. You're not siloed into you've got to go everything on AWS or you've got to go everything on SaaS. So we're seeing these mixed models now where you've got on-premise applications and many of them will stay where they are, right? Many of these historical applications um, that are 
for example, CICS in the banking environment, um, you've got travel applications that are linked into proprietary travel systems. It's not easy to change things like Amadeus and Galileo in the travel industry and say, well, let, let's go for something totally new. Mm -hmm. So there's certain areas where to change those applications is going to be incredibly hard and a long, uh, and a long game. So you, but you've got to be able to mix those with the ability to use other data sources. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing an involvement of this i don't want i'm trying to avoid using the heterogeneous but i'm gonna to have to you know the old world where you didn't everyone wasn't on unix <laughs> you had a bit of unix you had a bit of no nt lamb manager novell maybe a, a mini computer maybe a mainframe for different applications and you'd mix them and you'd interoperate them that's what we're still going to be in we're not going to be in a you are now a corporate aws house where everything is on amazon and you've got one platform Interesting. All right. Uh, unfortunately, Ian, that's all the time we have for this podcast. Uh, where can our uh, listeners uh, go and learn more about what you do? Sure. Thank you. I'll make that real easy. Two links, ianmoyce.co.uk and ianmoyce.cloud, and they will take you to my two primary social accounts. All right. Uh, we'd love to have you again uh, very, very soon. We there's There's a lot that we can discuss, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have. So uh, again, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Coding Over Cocktails. To our listeners, what did you think of this episode? How are you implementing your cloud adoption strategies? Let us know in the comments from the podcast platform you're listening to. Also, please visit our website at www.torocloud.com for our blogs and our products. We're also on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to us there, because we listen. Just look for Toro Cloud. Again, thank you very much for listening to us today. We hope to see you next week for another round of Coding Over Cocktails. Cheers! <laughs>